Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. All right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I'm Jeff Howe. Matt, you all right? Yeah, I think I just uh, went to point at you and I hit the mic. I've done that before, too, so don't feel bad. I've yeah. done it. You've done it just animated. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I at least had a purpose. I was worried. Like, Matt, Matt going to be on the DL with a broken finger when we're done here? All right. Got lucky. Well, was a, we ended our pre-show. My ET finger got nailed. We ended our brief pre-show meeting with a laugh, and we're starting this podcast oh, with a laugh. So hope, well. hopefully that's a sign of things They might to come. have heard it, too, probably. Uh, <laughs> wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we thank you so much for just being a part of this latest presentation of Longhorn Blitz. A decade plus and going strong here with the podcast. Get this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Just search Horns 24-7. Click that follow button. Get every episode of Longhorn Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Also, don't forget to get over to Horns 24-7. Recruiting coverage, team news, notes, and nuggets, it's all there for you on the Longhorn front, keeping you abreast of everything happening on the 40 acres is at Horns 24-7. Let me bring in the rest of the team. His finger is good. Uh, he is the uh, master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, and our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz and a daily fantasy guru. He's Matt Butler. Other than uh, hitting the mic stand, how are you today, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? Man, you're just losing yourself in the numbers over there, man. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah Normally Tuesday's like the light NBA day. Today there's <laughs> 10 games, so it oh. was like i got to keep on researching. Oh, yeah. Multitasking over yeah. there. The only like uh, non, unless you are a uh, card collector holding some of his rookie cards or a Charlotte Hornets fan, the only other person more concerned about LaMelo Blurry is Matt Butler. Yes. Mm. Uh, last <laughs> night, that was a bummer. But today, it's like, well, at least going forward, you know, there's some value. But, yeah, I had him in 100% of my lineups last night. So, not only that, Jason Tatum, who was also in nearly all my lineups, he was ejected for the first time in his career. So, last night went from being really good to really bad really rough, quick. Rough night for the old Daily Fantasy. Mm. Uh, yeah, it happens to everyone, though. You always think that you only get screwed, but then, like, Nah. You benefit from other people getting screwed when people get hurt, and you don't notice those nights. So it evens out. It's like uh, karma. Yep. A man who uh, he can bounce back from the bad times, and uh, but he has more good times than not. He is. Uh, he wears many hats for the Austin Radio Network, including co-hosting Ball Don't Lie with Mike Harge from three to seven each and every weekday on the Horn. But for the purposes of this podcast, he is our lockdown corner here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes back in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU and when you get the All-American Auto recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. I appreciate the intro as always, brother. I do my best, Rod. I do Fantastic. my best. Uh, we'll have a little combine talk and a little spring football preview here on this week's show. Let's start with the combine. 
uh, because that's only going to be timely pretty much for one episode. So the Combine starts uh, later this week. Pro Day, by the way, a week from Thursday. Yeah. Pro Day on the 40 Acres. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll be down on the 40 for that. Uh, Matt, you going to make your annual pilgrimage to the 40 Acres for Pro Day or probably not? Probably not. Not sure, though. Okay. Uh, if you change your mind, let me know. We'll we'll work on the credential situation. But uh, nonetheless, combine coming up. Uh, Moro Ojimo, Keandre Coburn, Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson, Demarvin Overshawn, all at the combine. Uh, Rod, let's start with this. We'll get to Bijan here in a second. But who do you think has the most to gain? Who can gain the most at the combine of the five Longhorns who are going to be there? Oh, that is a good question. Okay, um, hard for the linemen to gain a lot at the combine because of the type of show that it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it can. I mean, it, you can impress by some of your lifting that stuff. I mean, if you run like a freakish forty time, that would attract a lot. But I don't expect Kendrick Coburn or more Ojemo to run freakish yeah. forty times. I just don't expect it. In other yeah. words, they're not going to go from like you know day three projections yeah. to like first round. So I'm not saying they're not going to help themselves at all, but yeah. I'm just saying like in terms of them gaining the most ground and increasing their draft stock the most, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna be the case for them. Um, man, honestly, I'm right now. I may be leaning. Damn, I hate that Rojo can't work out really. Yeah, because he's still dealing with the injury from the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I'm probably gonna go with Overshawn. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with Overshawn with the most. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, because I think if Rojo was healthy and he could do everything, because he would do everything, mm-hmm. he'd be Rojo. Yeah. In terms of his, in terms of his size, strength, and then freakish athleticism. He's got a nice little composite of a skill set, and he's won't be able to do everything. So he'll, he'll at the pro day, he'll probably you know make a lot more money at the pro day than he will at. Yeah, the, I just wonder like somebody. things like the like can he bench? I don't know. Like, don't is know it safe for him to bench? You know, some of that stuff. Yeah. And how much are those things valued these days? Because some teams really value combine, some people don't value it nearly at all. So, but like a guy like Demarion, he's a perfect position where. His uh, if he's extremely athletic compared to his peers, then that can make him really rise being that type of linebacker. But same thing could be the case if Coburn goes and runs something crazy like a Jordan Davis and makes you look differently at him. But you don't expect him. You don't expect it, but, but it could him, happen. yeah, if him or Ojimo put up some insanity like they got speed that you didn't really ever realize because you never test these guys really on that and type for, of speed. And for the defensive lineman, it probably wouldn't be the forty. It probably Shuttle. be like five ten five. You know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Or if they're Changing judging direction. their their 40s, it'll be the first 10 yards of it. Mm-hmm. It'll be that, how explosive that is yeah. for those guys. Which, by the way, I mean, Ojimo and Kendrick Coburn probably will impress really yeah. well when it comes to like their the some of those drills for the defensive linemen. Yeah, because that pro days could be more skill-specific to you, like your ball get-off and stuff like that. Yeah, to where like D-linemen. When you can measure the And I wish they would sort of evolve the combine into more stuff like that, you know, because like the smaller school guys don't necessarily have a pro day the way that the bigger schools have the pro day that are ran by different scouts to get, spe- get more specific skills on what they do, you know. Like it would be cool to see – the natural evolution to make the combine be they, valued. They are more. having regional combines now. I haven't, I haven't really rabbit holed into it, so I don't really know. They, they've what, had those. They're more. They're, they've right? been smaller deals. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what UDFAs. they do with the regional combines as opposed to like the obviously the big national combine. Well, have you have you heard? Uh, and they got a veterans combine now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Demore Smith and the and the PA they're pushing to basically do away with the combine. Oh, they want to abolish it, is it. and yeah. go to the regional format. Yeah, I, I, I see the the side of the owners and the executives, but I also see the side of Demar Smith. Mm-hmm. Essentially, Demar Smith. I got a friend in the uh, with the Players Association, and we talked about this before, because the players are basically the guys coming out. The prospects, I should say, not players. The prospects are in purgatory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't. They have representation. They're agents or whatever, but they're not represented by the Players Association at all because mm-hmm. they're not players just yet. But they also are no longer student athletes. So the NCAA really has no jurisdiction at all. So they're essentially in purgatory, and that's why the NFL and this combine can to do whatever the hell they want to do. That's why it is the most bizarre, most surreal, strangest interview process ever, where I know they don't do it anymore. I believe, mm-hmm. you know, after, what was it, like the Eli Apple thing, where he was asking him, are you, like, do you like men know whatever yeah. it is, whatever that question, the crazy question that was asked yeah. him. And I think after that, they're like, all right, guys, we actually do have yeah. people in this league 
who, uh, you know, who of all sexual orientations and, and yep. gender. So you can't be asking stuff like that. Like, the humanizing that, yeah, yeah, that is. The Des Bryant mom thing. That was the first time. That was another one. That was but, the first time where it really like. Yeah. And, and it was like, all right, guys. We, so I don't think they ask the inappropriate questions anymore. I'm <laughs> sure there are some bizarre ones. Yes. But I'm sure now they're like, vetted. Where it's like, God, it cannot, be, it cannot be offensive and inappropriate. Right. They can be crazy and bizarre. You want to catch somebody. You know, just uh, off. You know, catch somebody uh, slip in, or see if you can just get somebody to be surprised by it. To react it, emotionally, it, whatever it may be. But you can't ask offensive questions, and I think so. They've done away with that. But either way, the guys are in purgatory, right? When you're walking around in that meat market that is the combine, you really don't have representation. They're just telling you what to do, and they can tell you, you know, how they want you to behave at all the medical examinations. I mean, can you decline? Any of these procedures, I don't even know. I don't even know if you can. I mean, I think at one point, one a couple of players decide they didn't, and then there is the perception or mm-hmm. the stories just leaked out that he's not being cooperative, using right. it he's a knucklehead. And it's like, well, I just didn't want them poking and prodding me yeah. for you know four hours. I thought two hours was enough. You know what I mean? And, but now it, you're a problem. Yeah, now you yeah now you got an attitude, and now you're one of those guys who can't you know can be a team guy. Character you don't want to cooperate issues. exactly. So you don't really know exactly how you what rights you have throughout that entire process. And I think that's why Demar Smith wants to go. These guys have no rights. You just Bring them in there, and you do whatever the hell you want to do. You guys are catcalling you. I mean, the guys are looking. At, they watch you walking around in like tights and just a, a shirt, and it just—I'm literally, I'm not joking. You're being catcalled. At least yeah. when I was there, and it's like, it's like, ooh, he's like, hey, and you got numbers on, so they're like, hey, number three, number three, number three, turn around, come on, come on, come on, turn around, turn around, no, 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 let me see. I told you, look at his butt. Everybody got a high booty. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, let me see your calves, 14. Let me see them calves. Damn, I told you you got some big old thighs. I like him. <laughs> and it's like, what is happening here? I'm just trying to get here to do yeah. some drills. I came before an interview. So it is, it, at times it can be highly inappropriate and, yes, offensive. And I think if they can remove those elements from the process and and build some you know, more dignity, kind of bake some more dignity within yeah. the whole process, I think Demar Smith and Troy Vincent, I think, is also a part mm-hmm. of this, yeah. uh, that they would they would think a little bit more highly of the entire process. I think Troy Vincent compared it to a slave auction. I'm not getting to all that, but it's just like that's why they want to do away with it because the NFL has abused the privilege sure. yeah. of sure. these guys not really being represented and being in that purgatory. And then when you get even to like the numbers that you post, like only because it's based on, well, you view this number has to be elite. So in like a fan or in a scout's mind, like there's benchmarks like, ooh, he ran under a 4-4 four, four or 4-5, four, but like there's just numbers that you can't expect everyone to run it. And you know you have all this crop of players that are going to be drafted. There's 210, but only like 15 or 20 can put up that elite score that's going to help you. Yeah. Not many can. So just by the math of the amount of people that are there, it's going to hurt you because it's almost impossible yes. to end up putting up those numbers that – have became unrealistic benchmarks across the board That's because you're point. trying to find the most elite. And that isn't actually fair to the amount of players that are going to be drafted. If you were to sort of have your average outcome, your mean for each position, and like that's why when you evaluate it, you can really look deep into it. But it devalues the players, and Demora Smith even that's talked about point. it's a huge devaluing process, yeah. the entire NFL combine. And the reason, that, that's a great point, Matt, because the reason it is devalued is because why? The NFL has made it a spectacle. Mm-hmm. It's yes. a made-for-TV event now. Yeah. It used to be, it's all about getting the medical evaluations, all about getting the psychological evaluations, getting other players want to centralize the process because mm-hmm. at first it was like three or four of these combines run by different teams that were teaming up and they're like no let's centralize it all because it's costing too much money mm-hmm. all these guys traveling all different camps they can't go to school and do it at the same time and for us it's a whole lot cheaper if we can mm-hmm. do it in one get place get all the elite and ones we all, can find those all the information we need right there exactly uh, and then they end up choosing Indy after going through I think it was Tampa and Arizona and New Orleans they did a few times we're not going to get into the history of all that but the point is it's a made for TV event now you're talking about prime time mm-hmm. television event which kind of reaffirms America's obsession with the game. But because of that, they had the NFL has made it almost like a made for TV event where there are winners and there are losers yep. for these made for TV events. They got broadcasters who are who are, you know, they are projecting storylines and narratives, which yes, it seems, oh, what's a made for TV event? It's entertainment. But it's like actually that's affecting guys' yeah. value in the draft coming up because now the narrative on this guy is, oh, he had a really bad combine. Yeah, this one and number like, that's well, bad yeah. in this one skill that exactly. we don't even know if it's translatable yeah. is then going to be used to devalue even though 
as a whole, yep. you are in that top tier of your prospects, and so it really does. It should be a data point, uh, and that's why thing, you but saw it's not, over time a lot the, of players never want to do certain things. They yeah. don't want to do it. And because, the same thing with uh, some of the coaches, Bill Belichick for years yep. decided, and now Sean McVay, Shanahan's one of those guys. They yep. just spend like one day at the combine. They don't spend Shanahan's the whole day. not even going. They this send. Year, yeah, year. I mean, some guys decide they don't even want to go, but Belichick for years is like, no, I. That's not translatable to football. It's not really, and I more and more, and I, I hope Bijan will be one of these guys, but he's not. I'm glad Bijan's gonna do his thing, compete, good for him. But I need more players to decide. No big time players, because guys like Jacks, like Rod B, I, I had to do whatever the hell they told me to do. Right, <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to go through the meat market because that's it. the only way I could gain value. Right, yep. but for guys who are who got more to lose than to the gain, they should decide. I'm not running that 40 yard dash. Mm-hmm. And when and the reason they should shouldn't do it is because. All of these major programs, now especially the big time ones, they have GPS tracking systems now. Yeah. With, with, I'm talking about with companies that are now contractually, mm-hmm. uh, they are now contractually kind of obligated to make sure that they have like the accurate times and everything. They have also relationships with the NFL. These same companies, Cal- all right, company yeah, Japan, whatever yeah. it be, next gen stat, same companies. And they actually can get you now real football speed with pads on in game and can tell you, oh, this guy ran 20.2 miles per hour on this play for 25 yards at this angle with pads on. What's the point of the four-year dash? Well, it is the biggest event in a made-for-TV spectacle that is the NFL Combine, period. It's, it's the biggest event. Everybody wants to watch the NFL Combine, yeah. but they want to watch the 40-yard dashes. So if you have more guys protesting, I think quarterbacks are doing it now. Lamar Jackson didn't run. Kyler Murray didn't run. I don't think Trey Lance ran it. But you need more big players to go, no, man, y'all have my times right here. Mm-hmm. All right? I got them certified. They're as accurate as they can be, electronic, digitized, or whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. by the same company that works with the NFL, and, and this is what I run on. On the football field, you don't need a 40-yard dash time. That's ridiculous. Yep, yeah. and to your point, Devin DuVernay, through week six, Devin DuVernay had the fastest speed in the NFL on his yeah. kick return. He was at 21.6 miles an hour. Ended up being Paris Campbell, got to 21.11, was the fastest this past season on a 26-yard rush. Him getting up to that speed in 26 yards is insane because every other play inside the the seven of the top eight are over 60 yards for him to get there that fast is absurd and they even have it to where they track them all in practice so then they know they know what what the averages are what the baseline is speed it's so ridiculous it's translatable with pads on and without pads on we should run a 40 yard dash it's like no you don't need the 40 yard dash these deshaun jackson ran the fourth Fastest time on a 62-yard reception. That dude's like they're over 35. That's crazy. I knew I wasn't crazy thinking Devin DuVernay could be a really good kick returner. I knew I wasn't insane when I thought that. One of the best in the league. One of the best in the NFL. He's been an all-pro as a <laughs> yeah. kick returner. Yeah. Um, Rod, real quick, though, I don't want to belabor this more than we have, but as far as the combine goes, the meat market side of it, the side, the, the, the unsavory side, the, really the taxing side for prospects is – the medicals is the part, not so much even the interviews. It's the medicals, really, because like let's say in college, let's say you had a broken ankle, okay? Because it's easier to, it's, and if, if I'm the Ravens, and let's say the Browns team doctor took a look at that and decided, okay, we think it's good. Why am I going to trust the Browns? Or if I'm interested in this guy, I want my medical staff mm-hmm. to do an X-ray on that. And then if I'm the Giants and I like that guy, no, 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 I'm not going to trust the Browns or Ravens. I want my medical staff to take a look at that and get an x-ray. So yep. by the time you're done, you've had it could be the same report. You've had nine different x-rays. They all say the same, but because that team's medical staff wanted to take a look at it, it's it just makes that pro- – like you said, it makes what should be a two-hour process a four-hour process. Yeah, and the NFL likes this because – and this is this is why I, I do kind of agree with the NFL. I, see what, I know what they're trying to do. They still the, – the coaches and the evaluators, they want to make it a pressure cooker. They want to see performance under pressure, mm-hmm. period. That's mm-hmm. it. Because performance under like pressure, that. performance under pressure. All it's about from the time you get there, all the process, whether it be the interviews, the poking and prodding. They want they want the process of the medical evaluation to take forever. They want every team to make sure they get their evaluation. All the NFL teams know who the best doctors are. Hell, because <laughs> all the players end up going to this, those doctors to go get their second opinions. Mm-hmm. And when they this guy's a top surgeon, I'm going to go to that surgeon. Top surgeon. Where'd so you have your knows, shoulder surgery at? Was it Duke? In Duke, yeah, Duke. Yeah, everybody knows who the top doctors and surgeons are. All right, and, and there are only so many of those, so every team can't have the best one. And instead of going, all right, 
These are the five to six best doctors, surgeons in the NFL. Everybody agree? Everybody agree? Let's have them do the evaluations, and then everybody agrees they, they've done a pretty thorough one. Yeah. Nope. So they, they, they prefer to do it in the antiquated manner because they know for players it is just man, it's taxing. It's ta- it just wears you down. It wears you down mentally. It wears you down physically. And especially that's why they put the workouts at the end. Mm-hmm. Right, the medical evaluations are first. The interviews are happening uh, earlier, but also while the I think actually, yeah, some of some of those interviews, I think most of them ha- happen before, but I think some of them happen while everything is going on too. It's for more some of the team players. specific, if this yeah. team really wants to talk to you, yeah. they get that. So time. it's different. So it's different now than it used to be. And depending on how special you are, you have more interviews if you're big time. So it's not the same for everybody there. Mm-hmm. But the, all the work, all the workouts are at the end after the medical evaluations, everything, because they basically want to, they want you to be. As basically, they want you to be as stressed out as possible when you go through those drills on the field, yeah. and they still want to see you perform while you're stressed out. Yeah. Which I get because honestly, that is the job. Yeah, like that is that that, yeah. that is yeah. the, it's a stressful job, and you got life going on lots outside of, of that, and so be lots of pressure for you to perform at a really high level, and you're going to, have to do it really at when called upon. Yeah. Hey, we need you to go out there and perform right now. When called upon, and that's why they want to see guys perform, you know, at a really high level in that pressure cooker, and everything is built around making it a pressure cooker. Yeah, because you which can't. Is, which simulate. is why a lot of guys decide, nah, I'm good. Because <laughs> quarterback, quarterback, about quarterbacks. Bryce Young, he's not going to throw, right? Why is he not going to throw? Well, Bryce Young's struggle is his height and his weight. Yeah, measurables. So he's going to go to combine. The biggest thing he's worried about is I want to, I want to measure over 200 pounds. Because there's just not a lot of quarterbacks who, in the last 25 years who've been drafted really high who are under six foot and under 200 pounds. Yes. I think there's only been like two of them that have been drafted yep. in the top 100 in the last 25 years. It just not, That ain't even the ones drafted really high. That's just two overall, period. Those guys just don't get drafted at that position with that. So for him, he's got to make sure he goes to come out. He's going to be probably 203, 202, 201. <laughs> he's going to be bigger than usual. But do you want to throw? When you're not I know, twelve to you know fifteen pounds heavier than you usually would be, no like way. hell no. Against receivers <laughs> who you don't have chemistry yeah. or continuity with, no. those receivers don't give a damn about you. No. They're running routes so they can look good. They're, They're running like, no, the no, best. No. I'm, exactly, I'm running routes. routes for me. I don't give a damn about you. Yeah. I'm trying to make sure I look good. I'm trying, trying to get drafted ahead of you. I'm trying to so so that that this gotta be like that route's a good damn good damn good route. I don't know about to throw. Yeah. The route was a good route, and he's gonna be throwing uh you know fifteen pounds heavier than it usually would be. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that. Like to Bryce Young is is pounding metrics bars and, like, yeah. chugging protein shakes right, right now. But he's going to throw at Alabama with his receivers mm-hmm. that he's got chemistry with. They know how he likes his six route, how he likes his post route, how he likes his post corner. You know what I mean? They know the tempo and the pace. Uh, he's going to be at his weight because nobody's going to measure him then because he'll get measured at the combine just like Kyler Murray got measured and he was, I don't know, a half an inch taller, mm. an uh, inch taller maybe than everybody thought he was going to be. So, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's all about at that point. It's business decisions that are being made for yeah. these big time prospects, and that's and I, I I'm not mad at Bryce Young at all for for guys like Anthony Richardson or guys like C.J. Stroud who aren't the mm-hmm. number one QB. You're just trying to gain value. Oh so yeah, they got they a got guy more like Richardson. To gain. He's a he's like physical oh, freak. I'm gonna go exactly. So this is my playground. This, this is where I need this, to go. I'm play. gonna go. I'm gonna go. They're gonna be like, I think he's a top ten pick when he's done. I think he's top ten because he looks amazing. Yeah, mark oh. mark the tape, and I could be wrong. Hear that. Anthony Richardson's the pick that's gonna get some GM fired. In this I don't doubt that. Yeah. Uh, because, like, real quick, and I know we got to talk Bijan, we got to talk other things, but like, it always blows my mind. Rod, when people are like, "Man, he was complete all sixty-three of his passes at pro day." Well, it's on your campus. It's your receivers. It's your script. You're in an indoor facility with no elements, man. I, against air, I mean, I would hope you complete stuff at a high percentage and look really good. You better. Yep. I mean, if you don't, now we got a problem. Yeah, huge problem. problem. That's where like yep. the people that would be freakish, like a guy like Richardson. He can really gain value in these combines. Or like the story you hear Troy Aikman tell about the first time he saw Josh Allen like on his knees throwing a ball 80 yards or whatever. And it's like, yeah, some of those guys are just so freakish when that it's going to wow you going to do guys. that in a game? Never! <laughs> no, you're right. God, the one, Rod, it was a contemporary. Here's the one I'll never forget, man, is Kyle Bowler. Man, Kyle Bowler yeah. can throw 60 yards mm-hmm. to the uprights on a knee. Yeah, yeah. Right, and when is he ever going to have to do that in an NFL game? I'll tell you, never. And never. that's what people said about Josh Allen. <laughs> Second but down and never him is working when that is going to help those type of guys. Like that's why you see your Will Levis is getting be like, oh, but he's a guy that has that cannon, or a guy like Richardson. That I mean, you just look at Richardson <laughs> in like 
the throws he made mm-hmm. in college or his just 40 time. The dude's a physical freak. But then, like everything you're talking about, Jeff, the skills that come with being a successful college quarter or NFL quarterback, you can't replicate those until you get to the NFL to play quarterback. It's just like, exactly. it's just like Jamarcus Russell. We can throw it 80 yards. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, lean and burgers nope. got him overweight and out of the league. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You know, like, whatever. Lean and burgers. <laughs> That's a bad diet, Rod. It's, it was. Too many cheeseburgers, too much lean. Lean is just bad in its own. You start combining it with other stuff. You you headed down a dark a dark path. Um, let's talk about Bijan, though, Rod. In the case of guys that have a lot to lose, lean burgers. Um, this is <laughs> this is uh, this is this almost feels like a no win proposition for Bijan. We're doing everything at the combine. Uh, I, I I would love to know what he was advised. You know, it's, it, it'll gain him some street cred with the scouts, of course, because they're like, man, this guy's coming to He's compete. Best running back, yes, best running, and he wants to put on the show. Yeah, right. He wants to put on the show. He wants Saquon Barkley style. He wants mm-hmm. to. He it it is possible to win the combine. We've yeah. seen it happen before. Yeah. We've seen it happen And he's before. a freak. Yeah, I believe the first combine, I believe Rod Woodson won it. Rod Woodson was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like he went there and just put on a damn show. Mike Mamula. Exactly. <laughs> you can, it can happen. Like, we've seen nobody Because Mike Mamula yeah. was the first guy that said, well, if they're going to train, if they're going to yeah. test me on all this stuff, why don't I just train for that test, for yeah. that lift, yeah. for that jump? Darius Hayward Bay. Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah, guys. Got like seventh overall yeah, or something. It, it, it's, it's very possible a guy just win the combine. And your prize is basically your draft stock is just going to rise exponentially. At, when money. at first it was considered, oh, he's, he's a good well, football back then player. They even got bigger contracts. Yes. Uh, good point. Because for the rookie wage scale you know. and everything. Yeah. Um, so I, I think for Bijan, he's definitely got more to lose than the game, but he wants to pull on the show. Saquon Barkley style. I totally get it. He believes in himself that he can do it we all know he's a freakish enough athlete mm-hmm. to go there and be able to win the combine the problem with him winning the combine is i don't know in this day and age with the running back position being valued where mm-hmm. it's at if it is going is if it's worth to increase his draft stock now for Bijan, this may be a personal thing maybe like Bijan's like no no man i wanted to win the combine it's one of the things that i always thought about as a young so i was like because yeah. no. think about the, uh, he's he's part of a new generation where he's been watching the combine as a kid i never did yeah, mm-hmm. as a kid, I was already grown. I was yep. in the NFL by the time the the the, the combine became a made-for-TV event, yep. which was around 2004, I believe, right at the start of the NFL Network. They needed mm-hmm. content, boom, boom, boom. So these guys, and now ESPN airs it's a it's a primetime thing. Live. So exactly, like it, now, even though it's not an actual you know thing you can win, you know, I do think we've seen winners of the combine, mm-hmm. and I think for Bijan, he wants to go there and put on the show. Yep. He wants to he wants to confirm everything that we all everything that we've seen that oh man this dude is a freak of mm-hmm. nature and he is so confident in his abilities and I see why yeah. if I was him too I'd be well, I, if I was Bijan I'd be I'd probably go to come out too and want to show off mm-hmm. yeah. and I'd probably need somebody to say Rod B nah you got more to lose than the gain so my advice would be you got more to lose than the gain but he's a grown man he is a freak talent but the truth is, now we're making business decisions. That's what I was saying. Like, I know, Bijan. I know. I know you. I know you're a competitor, and I know you want to go ball out to combine. I know you want to show everybody that you're one of the greatest athletes on the planet. We all know it. Trust me. And you're confident you can do it. I'm confident you can do it too. Yep. But it'd probably be a better business decision to avoid the pressure cooker altogether. Well, not not altogether, but you do the interviews, right? Mm-hmm. You do this. You get measured, that kind of stuff, right? Um, and you get weighed, that kind of stuff. But save the performance, the the drills and the testing for the pro day. Now, if you had now, this may be a bigger issue. I hope it's not. If you've been told that the track at the combine is faster than the Texas track, yeah, then run at the combine. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not the case because the track at your school is always supposed to be faster. Yeah. Than the combine track, sure. yeah. and that's the case. Then CDC, another Fix issue it. that needs to be addressed. <laughs> Fix that. A combine track should be faster. Uh, but I don't know if that's the case either. I'm not, I've never heard that, so I don't think that's the case. Um, so because a lot of guys that run at the combine don't run at pro day. Yes, I did. I, once I ran the combine, I was like, Nah, I'm not gonna run pro day. I ran like a four, four, five, four, four, six, something like that. And I was like, Nah, I'm good. My agent was like, You're good. He said, You run slower. 
Oh man, they gonna forget all about that fo- that four four. I can't think of anybody. Yep. He said they gonna forget. Well, that's they gonna forget, the gonna forget yeah. about your four four if you run a slower time. And I was like, I feel good. He was like, I know you feel good, but is it worth it when already they liked you at the time that all the scouts were like check? He checked that box. He checked the speed box already. Mm-hmm. And that's you want to so risk when you check the I speed up box earlier, already. Talking about your times, yeah. how they're used against players. Yeah, you can have eight of your great times or whatever. But if you run that one, that one slow, then you right. can be quoted as running. Well, he only ran a four or five at the Texas. Look at Jerry Friday, Rice. And Jerry it, Rice it, ran one slow time. It yeah. haunted him forever. Even to this day, he's <laughs> the goat. They were like, he did run that slow forty. Oh yeah, he did. He did run that slow forty. It's like yeah. it was like a wind to give. I think it was like a tornado wind to give him everything. <laughs> he ran that. But people still know that, right? Yeah. So it yep. will carry. It will haunt you. But for for Bijan, I would advise against him. But he can go out there and just be a, a freak man and not. Like I said, I don't know what the scouts expect him to run. I expect if he doesn't run a, a mid to a high four four, he's going to lose credibility. Just you know, what I mean, just a little bit. I'm I, like, oh, I, I would expect. Than that. I would expect something in the like between for Bijan. I would expect something between like maybe four four seven and like maybe four five one. Something in that. Yep, that's kind of what I was thinking. Four four eight. In, in four that, four. Yeah. I was thinking crack right under cracking at four or five is what yeah. he's gonna do. So if I think he does he is. that, I think I think he'll be yeah. fine. I agree. Um, by the way, we're talking about like guys that blew up the combine. Oh, man. I think it was in that same Mike Mamula draft. I just had to look man. it up to verify it. Remember Dan Wilkinson, Big Daddy mm-hmm. Dan Wilkinson, Big Daddy Dan. I, oh yeah, I remember that. Six four, three hundred fifteen pounds, thirty three and three fourths inch arms, and ran a four seven two forty. Big Daddy Dan <laughs> Wilkinson. Yeah, that, that's he's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, so you can be a big man and win it too. I, I mean, think, you can be a big man and win it. I, I mean, yeah. that's there've been some big men over the years who have won the combine. Here's what I think about the two Texas big men, though. Yeah. Uh, he I played think with Sk- Big Daddy Dan. I forget about that with the Did Lions. You? Oh, nice. Oh, that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I forgot Dan Wilkins with the Daddy Lions. Played with Big Daddy. Well, Dan. Man, context- six de- we do six degrees of Rod B all the time. <laughs> uh, that's how bad I was. I bounced around so much. I really can't be one of those guys. <laughs> and for context, just for running backs at the combine, some elite running backs. The best Texas uh, performance: Jamal ran a four three eight yeah, at won. the combine. Saquon ran a four four even. Jonathan Taylor ran a four three nine. Brees Hall ran a four three nine. Kenneth Walker, who had the second fastest time in the NFL, according to those next-gen stats on his TD run, which was over 22 miles an hour, he ran a 4.38. And you look at Pacheco, ran a 4.37. And then you got to go back to, like, D. McFadden ran a 4.33. And the fastest all-time, 4.24 by Chris Johnson. I think Cedric Benson running the low 4.5s when he ran. I, don't know, I, don't I can pull it up. Uh, I'm not sure it's a good question. But I know said be at a different. He was known for having a different type of game. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know if speed was because really going to matter. Bijan has the Cedric repu- Benson ran four five five at his pro. Game. Okay, yeah, exactly. His reputation was no, no. He's a power guy. He's a so power maybe, guy. Maybe Bijan. Maybe your initial take was right, Rod. Maybe he needs to be closer to mid four fours. Because Bijan's reputation is he's a game breaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, that's yeah. the reputation. It's like, no, nah, Bijan, man, he's gonna make you miss, and then he's going to the house with it. Uh, if the speed doesn't match the reputation, as Matt says, that's when you start losing value. It's not fair. It's yeah. stupid. And but the quickness, that's just the I would say, with him, his most elite thing is being able to change speed. The way that people talked about Barry Sanders could change the direction and not lose speed, like that's something that Bijan. He seems to cut on a dime better than almost any running back we've ever seen. Yes. And that type of thing, like you've seen, though, when he got in the open field, like how much faster Xavier Worthy was than Bijan. And like certain players were faster than Bijan to where once he, it seems like he's a guy that quickness he can get from, like how we were talking early, get the, mm-hmm. you know, when we talked about D linemen, those first 10 yards, I bet he's going to be as fast as anybody. But then is your top speed going to get you there? So we don't know about that. Well, most of the guys that test really well that have elite. 40 times most of them have track backgrounds like Matt you just mentioned Xavier Worthy whenever he runs a 40 it's gonna be elite he's got a track background Jamal Charles elite mm-hmm. track background yeah. so I think and I don't I don't know that Bijan has that much of a track background to be honest but hmm. uh, Matt to your point though I, I would hope that if the 40 doesn't just blow people away that whatever he does on the the three cone and the five ten five, that's gonna make that'll make up for in it. the context Christian McCaffrey second best time all time in the three cone at six point five seven. 
Ray Rice was at 6.65, but like when you think about uh, comp for Bijan, Bijan's almost like a little bit bigger version of a Christian McCaffrey. If you look at his receiving mm-hmm. skills like and then the short space quickness, that's a type those modern backs. And so if he can get around that 6.57, like you see uh, Kendall Hunter and Christian Michael both posted top 10 ones of all time, but there aren't many other elite backs. Uh, Chase Edmonds is at 6.79. Steven Ridley was an NFL back. He was at 678. But yeah, very few. It looks like the only Uber Oh, Le'Veon Bell ran in 6.75, another guy that was great. He was one of the first modern backs that was as good as a receiver yeah. and out of the slot mm-hmm. as a receiver is. So those are sort of those two times. If it's between McCaffrey, 657, and then the 675 from Le'Veon Bell, that'll be looking real good. Uh okay, so for Bijan. I think your target area is like four, right around four, four, five. Because my comp for Bijan has been Ladanian Tomlinson. LT went four, four, three at the combine. Mm, yeah, yeah. Back in two thousand one. That's hard. LT was more game breaker though. He was known for being guy right in the passing yeah. games, game breaker. Yep. Depends on what your reputation is. LT had LT had a hundred catch season as a pro. Mm-hmm. I still can't. That's like the Casey Hampton Rodgers Jr. The Casey Hampton. What was it? Led 20, the team in tackles. Yeah, led the no. team. Had a hundred plus tackles. I had D tackle. I think it was him knows. and D.D. Lewis both had 81 tackles that that's year. 100. The team. It was over 100. It was oh, 110. Was it? That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's a nose, man. That's, yeah. just, that's wild. <laughs> love, anytime I can mention Casey Hampton on this podcast, it's a good day. Damn love, right. me, love me some Casey Hampton. <laughs> uh, no, but real quick, just one more thing on the combine. I think the two Texas bigs, I think the league will like them for different reasons. I think with Coburn, I think he'll interview well. One, not that Moro Ojima won't, but I think Coburn will interview well. They'll like the personality. The experience he's got, I agree, and, and the production. The production was there this last season for him. Oh yes, it was. No, he he really did, man. He, the film for him is going to be about somebody who just dives into the film. They're yeah. going to fall in love with him because uh-huh. you know That's all it is. I was thinking about this this morning, Rod, yeah. when I was think kind of getting in my head what we we're going to talk about today. We were sitting here a year ago talking about man, Coburn played too many snaps in twenty one. You need to give Byron Murphy or Alfred Collins more of his snaps. But Coburn and man, credit to him, credit to Bo Davis. He ended up being a guy. Now in the NFL, is he probably gonna be more of a situational uh situational tackle? Yeah, but there's still a place for those guys on a roster. Actually that place is increasing. You start looking at because we can get into this obviously in the offseason. We start talking like just basic kind of football theory and where trends are going. But the NFL for a while went through, you know, the obsession with Sean McVay's system, the Shanahan system. They still are, by the way. Yeah. Um, and everybody wants these outside zone systems, right? So they're running outside zone. They run a ton of outside zone, inside zone. You need defenders because these you got to obviously, you know, defend these types of concepts. You need defenders that can go sideline to sideline mm-hmm. uh, and are comfortable going sideline to sideline. Essentially, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to stretch a defense horizontally and find the gap, find the space, find the daylight. Well, now to counter that, because teams' defenses have already gotten sideline to sideline defenders, a ton of them. This will help guys like DeMarvio and Overshone. Um, now they've started to run more power gap schemes because, like, no, I'm going up against all these hybrid you know, defenders or all these undersized defenders who can run sideline to sideline. They want speed. Uh, well, I'm just going to go, guys. I'm going to go power them right mm-hmm. down, right in their damn face. Just run mm-hmm. it downhill on them. Well, all of these undersized defenders, they're at a disadvantage. Yeah. So now you always need a couple of those old school kind of run, stop, run stuffers. Yeah. It happened to the Eagles. That's mm-hmm. why they got in Dominic Kung Su and yeah, Wendell Joseph. When Jordan Davis got they, hurt. Yeah, they're deep. Exactly. Yeah. That was their, that's they won. They that's drafted they won. one. They drafted one. It's like, we need one of these guys because that, that's what the NFL is going. It's like, no, I, we need to be able to defend most of these outside zone schemes. But when they want to counter and just start running those gap power schemes on us, we mm-hmm. definitely need one just kind of run stuffing, you know, old school D tackle yeah. that can, you know, take up space and that can hog blockers and that'll still be able to maintain at the point of attack. And yeah, the Eagles, they were – SOL when they lost uh, Jordan Davis, so they got in the dumb suit, they got Linville Joseph, and that's that's where Gendre Coburn is gonna make his money because mm-hmm. teams like we need one, and he's like that's what I want, that's well, I want, and we gonna get him. Yes, I want a couple and, of lifetime Longhorns made a lot of money in the NFL, still playing. Puna Ford, mm-hmm. one of those guys. Yep, yep. Hassan Ridgeway is one of those guys. Yeah. Ridgeway was the guy for the Eagles until they drafted Jordan Davis. Yeah, he and left there the in twenty twenty one. Yep. I mean, Every team needs one now. the best defense in the league. Well, yeah. and the one thing that's Every amazing about Coburn, because when we or talked two. about less snaps for Coburn coming into the year, we were sort of pigeonholing him as solely what we're ta- talking about, some type of early down guy. Yeah. But he ended up being third on the team in pressures. Yeah. He had 31 pressures. Agofu had 36. 
Sorrell had 33, and he had 31. He nearly led the team in QB pressures to where, like, if you can somehow become a guy that doesn't even have to be subbed out to where it's like you're going to play a lot less snaps than you should. If you're only an early down guy, then the fear of you getting stuck on the field and a team going tempo can make a coach be not wanting to even play you and put you out there just because then the sub package depends upon the offense. And if he can be a guy that then can get pass rush productivity from the middle, and, I mean, that's the most valuable thing, even more than the edge rusher, if you can get it directly from the middle. That's true. I think, too, Rod, I think, you know, with mm-hmm. the uh, with the substitution rules that we've seen in the NFL the last few years where the defense is going to have the right to substitute, that's being enforced more mm-hmm. often. It makes it more palatable to have a guy like Coburn on your roster because yep. it's like, okay, if we if we get stuck in a tempo situation, we don't have to burn a timeout because at some point we're going to be allowed to substitute. We can get him out of there or whatever. Or if the situation calls for it, yeah, we're going to be able to put a sub package in and put him in if you need him. Yeah, in that's why Col- Coburn's okay. He's yeah. good because his film is awesome this year. And it, it does track because the NFL respects Bo Davis and it tracks that he's had two years with Bo Davis. And they'll be like, ah, oh, so Damn good coach. Yeah. Got, a, got a hold of him, and that's what happened. So they like the linear kind of path. Uh, more Ojemo's got production, system. too, but I think his age, the league is just going to be like, man, this guy's only like 21 years old. It's 20, 20, 21, whatever yeah. he is. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is a young cat that we can maybe stash away on a practice squad, and, you know, we don't need him to be ready for – he might not be ready for a year or two, but we don't need him to be ready for a year or two. Yeah, and he – he like, they moved him around a lot, right? He's played – he played at the on the edge – Played inside last year and was productive playing either either way, and I think that is another you know kind of element that'll add value to his draft stock because the NFL loves guys who have multiplicity. Kind of yeah. brings back to uh, we talked about Malcolm Roach back in the day. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like man, we all believe we're like man. I don't, I think Malcolm Roach might end up making a roster. Cause he's that still dude, on the same. You can move. Yeah, I mean, he's played like four or five different positions on the front seven. I think the guy might end up finding a home in the league. It's exactly what happened and. The NFL teams love guys that can play multiple spots, multiple shades up front, because basically you're not only creating depth on the depth chart, but also that versatility is going to allow you to stay on the field for different fronts that they want to throw out there. It makes the defense multiple. It, the league now more than ever with the importance on the quarterback position. I heard Jimmy Johnson say this on his football life. He was talking about he was talking to Bill Belichick. They were out fishing. Mm, nice. By the way, it's a great football life. And nice. uh-huh. man, I would have loved to have been in on that conversation. I'm have to check that one out, man. But Jimmy, I heard Jimmy Johnson tell Bill Belichick. He said it. You, he said it used to be a quarterback driven league. Now that's all it is. Like if you don't have one, you don't have a sh- you don't have a you prayer. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. And the name of the game is protect the quarterback, pressure the quarterback. Yep. You see teams, Rod. You see guys like Jihad Ward's a guy. That I think about, man, he's been cut, picked up, cut, picked up. Teams are really reluctant to just, and the, the league in general, if you're a three tech that can play, that can do different things, or you have shown any inkling that you can get after the quarterback, man, the league is really hesitant to just discard you. Yeah. Unless you're point. just, unless you're just a problem or something like that, you're just a D bag or an a hole. Like they're, they will give you multiple chances I agree to stick that. around. Yep, no question. It's just all about the value. That's what the draft is about, right? It's about the value and positional value. It's interesting because it just shifts between, you know, kind of eras. And now that's why the running back position now is at the lowest value it's ever been, mm-hmm. kind of getting back to Bijan, and which is shocking because it's not, if you watch football, you're like, well, they use running backs more than they ever use running yeah. backs. What do you mean? Yeah. But getting back to the value of them, it's like, well, yes, they do use running backs probably more than they've ever used running backs, but what's the price point? Do you want to pay top dollar or at least top draft capital for a running back and then have to pay top you yeah. know, dollar for the contract? Of Win a back over replacement. When now the analytics are telling you, oh, those guys, they all peak at 27, 28, yeah. and yeah. once they peak – 95% of them, unless they're generational freaks, which Bijan could be, Yes, they all have a precipitous drop in production after that, almost 20% year over year after that. Not even it's, There is like a top 1%, <laughs> but then once you get past that, when you're talking about finding value and a win over replacement to steal a term from baseball, it's like, well, what's your replacement level running back? You can get a guy from college that you know you can insert Look at the Chiefs. in you may get Pacheco. 5%. It, like, there's a variance 5% better or worse. Exactly. But when you look and you can get that value at a minimum contract and then understand that you don't have to overpay, and then once you basically, unfortunately for the player, 
use up those certain amount of snaps you have in a running back, we can just turn it all over again and go get another one that's cheap and you aren't going to have a much of a diminished drop-off unless you're talking about that one. Like, everybody always was like, why the hell Shanahan's been able to go and manufacture a running game for three decades? Why the hell is he trading for Christian McCaffrey? It's like, because Christian McCaffrey is the one dude that can do things that all these other dudes can't do. Yeah. And, yeah, he can draft your Elijah Mitchells because their analytics say he's the best at the outside zone, and he can always go and get that guy that's going to be able to keep the longevity of your – McCaffrey around so he isn't running his head into a wall all the time. And you can always manufacture that type of run game, but there's that top 1% of guys that you might well, be worth, that's, like when you saw Saquon go so Yeah, high. but that's, that, that was stupid, though. Yeah. See, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's the difference, right? So yep. g- smart teams don't draft McCaffrey. really good running backs that high. Yeah. Look at Christian McCaffrey. Yep. Yeah, his GM ended up getting fired, yep. and then Shannon's like, oh, I'll take those, I'll take that. Yep. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll, I'll take what one man's trash, another man's treasure. Zeke, give him, him to give me. Him and I see, Zeke, that was those a bad there's pick. There's only been those three right? in the past Saquon decade. Saquon Barkley, those are bad. Leonard those Fournette. Are the, yeah. You keep naming them. Name running back. A really good running back drafted in the top 10 is a bad pick. That's why now they figured out, well, we'll just devalue the position overall. And the reason is because, just like you said, now we've kind of looked at it. Man, the truth is, yes, Bijan is an extraordinary talent. And, and so was Zeke at the time. But Look at the return on your investment with Christian McCaffrey, with Saquon Barkley, right? Mm-hmm. Look at the return on your investment. And then look at the prospect for having to sign that guy to a second contract, yeah. which will you know make, make him one of the highest paid running backs in the league. So that's why I, I Philadelphia or Buffalo with a Bijan is perfect. Yeah. Because he puts him right over the top. And I'm not even. And a turkey contract replacing and, and, a guy like yeah. instead of Reese. And it's not because he puts Miles him, he puts him over the top. And they don't, they don't have to sign him to a second deal because well, they're, they're, they're trying to win a contract. They're trying to win a Super Bowl during yeah. that rookie deal. Just like Shano, he's trying to win a Super Bowl with, with Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. He's, he's like, now nah, I'm it. really close. Yeah, I'm really close. Because he's built his roster to where he can Boom. trade. We're going to go all in. His salary. So that's why it depends on where you are as a team if it's a bad pick. For the Cowboys to draft Bijan, if he falls to 26, that's not a bad pick. No. In terms of value, that's a great value. Yeah. People are like, really? I'm like, yeah, because Zeke, you need to cut Zeke anyway, and Tony Pollard just got hurt. I mean, that would be great value situationally yeah. for you, period. So I don't think it's a bad pick there. Zeke at four, bad pick. That's yeah. not a premium position. There's a reason we call them premium positions. You just laid out three of them. Yep. Yeah. Quarterback, guy that helps protect the quarterback, the guy that rushes the quarterback, those three. But now the wide receiver's been thrown on there. It's like, who are the quarterback throws to? And then now the cornerback has been randomly thrown on there. Like, nah, well, that's who's guarding the receivers. So it continues to kind of play out, but it's all built around QB. I mean, if you've got a, even if you've got a guard prospect like Quentin Nelson when he was coming out, like, I would t- if I've got a choice, man, I would take a guard in the top five before I'd take a running back. It, not online, that he, yeah. Not that, either, not that either one is a great pick, but if I'm choosing between the two, yeah. Because it's going to be really hard for me to find, you know, a, a Zach Martin or a Quentin Nelson in the fourth or fifth round. That's true. That's an All Pro level guard. It's red sticking right now. How many times? How many times do you find All Pro running backs in the fourth, fifth, sixth round? I mean, you can find All Pro yeah. running backs all the late. time, yeah. <laughs> everywhere. You're that's where they are. Late, second, exactly. third round. Well, and really I mean, care. that's why yeah. a team like the Eagles, when we're talking about Bijan, is that one team where you could say it oh, makes sense to take him does. at Tim only because. Your rookie running back that you're about to have to decide on, Miles Sanders, his contract here, instead of giving him the second contract, you then can just slot in Bijan's rookie Ooh, contract. Yeah. For a guy, instead of overspending in free agent for the second contract of a guy that was taken pretty high. He was a high second rounder, but still, that second contract, then you are going to be paying Damn. way too much for him so they can just sort of slot that in and not have to spend in free Eagles agency. and Buffalo, watch out. The oh, Eagles yeah, the they're, they're in the same you know, situation with Devin Singletary, yeah. and they have a rookie contract with James Cook. A team, a team that I know we talk about a lot, like the Patriots, like when they drafted Sony Michelle, like they drafted him at the back end of the first round, and it's Belichick saying, I don't. If he makes it on the second contract, the second contract won't be here. I'm gonna get the best out of him. Mm-hmm. And then he traded. Him. Years. Yeah, Sony Michelle had two really good years. Got hurt the third year. Then he gets traded. Yep. I think that's. I think that's not not saying that's what Bijan's looking at. But if he goes to Philly or he goes to Buffalo, which I I think those teams are they they're definitely looking at him because he mm-hmm. he's a game changer. I do believe he could possibly be on another team though after three years. But he also might have a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, if he dro- <laughs> and then if he drops to the <laughs> Chiefs, if they don't take him and the oh, Chiefs no, take him, they better not let that happen. Because the NFL, they, they already speak Clyde Edwards hilarious. They that can't same let that pick. happen. Yeah, they the NFL, cannot, but they the devaluing, if it happens oh. to that point, they're going to take him. 
I'll bring They'll up, trade oh. up to take him at 25. They will. If he drops into the 20s, I bet the Chiefs will be like, Think hey, of how cheap that has. You have Pacheco to, to be yeah. your bludgeoning back, and you have wow. Bijan. That's how you build a good team. Real quick, because I do want to talk some spring ball. They have a ball, ton of cap space, I, too. When you talk yeah. about these guys that have their systems, Shanahan, McVay, you know, uh, LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, it's all the same from the same family. When those guys find running backs that they really like, like Mike McDaniel taking Raheem Mostert with him to Miami, mm-hmm. those, guys tend, those guys tend to really like those backs. I'll give you a great example of another lifetime Longhorn who's still able to catch checks in the league, Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown, literally one week, he's on the couch tweeting about, hey, what's a good tailgate to go down to DKR? Mm-hmm. And, like, the next week, the Rams have running back issues. Boom. Let's bring Malcolm Brown back in. No, and, I mean, look at Deontay Foreman. He was with Arthur Smith in Tennessee, and then Arthur Smith gets a head coaching job. Where's Deontay at after that? He signs with Atlanta. It didn't work out, and he goes back to his old team mm-hmm. with Tennessee. You know, like, that's yep. how it worked then. So, that's just something to keep in mind. I, like I just, uh, and the, then the, rule winning. These lifetime Longhorns that we've seen stick around in the NFL, man, sometimes <laughs> you just get in the right situation, and, and that's that's all it is. You know, just getting into the right situation. Oh, no question. I think that's that's like half the battle in the league. If you can get in the right system that mm-hmm. really highlights your skill set, what your strengths are, you, you, you that's like my Nathan Bash is probably one of the better examples from Texas. Yeah. He was an all pro in that system with Chicago, and then they traded and went to another team and then never really found his footing. And we all know Nash Nate was a hell of a player. Yeah. Could have been an all pro with another team too, but that system is key. He was yeah, in a perfect system for us. It, it seemed like, uh, I mean, we already talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago with Derek Johnson, how it needed to yeah. wait for a system to fit mm-hmm. him. Same thing happened with Alex Okafor's career. Like, he was a guy that was sort of an afterthought. Most Longhorn fans didn't even realize he was still in the league. And then it's like almost a decade in, and he's still in the league. That's true. Good point. Um, you know, it's the same thing with the underactive free agents, too. That, and even more so for those guys going to the right situation. Like, didn't we all figure last year when Brendan Schooler signed with the Patriots was like, oh, he's gonna have a chance to make that roster? Yeah, it felt, it felt, it, he felt, it felt like a, a Belichick yeah, that's guy. That's a Belichick yeah. guy. And then played Schooler wide receiver, played you know DB. It felt like one of them. And it's so Schooler and Tom Hermanish that he gave yeah. Bill Belichick the fumble he recovered on the sideline, oh. and Belichick looked at him like, "What? All right, <laughs> that's how." Yeah. That, I still don't know who advised him to do that. that was I think somebody, I think somebody punked him. Yeah, I think one of the older guys was like, "Oh, bro, you know, it'd be really cool." No, no joke. Get Belichick the ball. He loves really that kind like of stuff. You, bro. <laughs> I think uh, he's somebody punked him. Nothing, like, no. nothing like uh, nothing like grown men ribbing each other. I love, uh, I love, I love, I love good ribs like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love, love me some good ribs like that. Um, I do want to talk a little bit of spring ball. Uh, and, and we don't have enough time to really dive into it all the way, but I'll just ask this. Uh, Rod, I'll start with you. What what position group player – let's take quarterback out of the equation if you want to. Yeah. What's got you really intrigued this spring? Like what's something that Rod B is going to track and follow the reports from the first practice to the spring game? Wow. Uh, position group. Interesting. Okay. Position group player, scheme, anything, anything. What is if, – if Rod B is power ranking uh, – Things that are top of mind of utmost importance for Honestly, spring practice. You know what it might be? O line. Like I, I know the O line is supposed it's supposed to be a point of strength, and I believe it will be. But I believe you end up having so much great competition on O line, you could end up having upgrades on the offensive line. And the truth is, if the identity of this team is gonna revolve around anything, the the hope is that Quinn Ewers takes a huge leap, which I think could happen. Actually, we'll talk about that later on, obviously, during spring. It could happen, but that would be great, and then that becomes the identity of the team. If the running game, Cedric Baxter's a star and Jonathan Brooks healthy, is also a force, then maybe the running game, your wide receiving room is really talented. But all of those things that could end up being the identity of the offense needs a a good offensive line to help facilitate whatever – uh, whatever that's going to be, whatever the identity that's going to be. So honestly, I, I think the O line. If I could get a chance to watch, and we probably won't. See. Remember last, you know, last spring was that last spring where they had? Or was it two springs ago where they had not even well, enough not scholarship even enough. offensive yeah. linemen? Sarks first spring, yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't he have no scholarship to offensive linemen? Game. Yeah, yeah. And I think this spring end up that could end up being the strength of the offense. Seems period. like anytime, anytime there's staff turnover. I know Stacy Searles had one of those springs where he was telling recruits. Like, please don't think this is what our old line room is going to look like, where you had like eight scholarship bodies or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, Joe Being Wickline had one of those springs. Yeah. Every every old line coach at Texas for the last fifteen years has gone through one of those springs. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, the truth is, 
your best player on offense could potentially be on that old line. Yeah, and yeah, if you I mean, look at it, chance, Kelvin Banks could be your best player on offense. I say I don't know if he is. I mean, Xavier Ward is in that conversation. I'm sure. Hopefully, Quinn Ewers is in that conversation. JT Sanders, he in that might, conversation. He, uh, um, but, I think it's close between JT and then this is taking no disrespect to Quinn. But I think it's close between J.T. Sanders and Kelvin Banks on who your most irreplaceable piece on offense oh, is. Oh, no question. I yeah. agree with you on that. Because if Quinn uh, – look, yeah, knock on wood. Young production, a, elite production from young players. If something happens to Quinn between Malik Murphy and Arch Manning and, and the skill positions you've got, you can cobble something together to get you through a game or That's to fair. get you through a couple of weeks. If something happens to Kelvin Banks or J.T. Sanders, you're – you're up the creek without a paddle at both of those spots. No, you're right. And also, to that point, not only with JT, but it's more specifically with Banks and what Rob was talking about, the offensive line is like a force multiplier when you look at it because I was thinking in my head initially, well, I would like to see how the running backs are used, but it doesn't matter how the running backs are used or how well Quinn could possibly play. If he's under constant duress or there aren't holes like we saw in the Washington game, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter. So it's a force multiplier. If the line is elite or can get to the point where it's above average, it makes everything so much easier, and it's the probably the most underrated thing in all of football, and it's the thing that's most mm-hmm. hard to quantify, and it's why you want big people if you're somebody like Sark and Flood. Like, they've made the emphasis that they want it, yep, but it is. literally is where everything either lives or dies, and if you don't have it, you have no shot, but if you're elite there, it really allows your – Good players. It's the same idea where in basketball you have sort of uh, your what are called glue guys, but your PJ Tuckers, and like to have a value added position from a guy that's a starter. And it isn't necessarily because he does all the other stuff. It's because when you have a guy that's low usage, that mm-hmm. then gives the other players that are the stars the ability to have a high usage, and you can fit two superstars. In, and when you have a hundred percent usage in basketball. A P.J. Tucker with an 8% usage means the other four can be well above average. That means you can fit in three stars that use the ball 25 to 30% of the time on the same court and make it all work together. And then there is their deficient in mm-hmm. is where he's the great rebounder or you have a guy like a Draymond that's a great facilitator and rebounder or a great defender, and it adds to those to where it multiplies the force across your team and it makes – you as good as your superstars, and that's what offensive line is able to do. It makes you as good as your superstars because then they don't have to worry about passing under pressure. Everybody eats diminished returns when they're passing under pressure. Yep. But then if you are able to be stable back there and get the ball out, you can get it to your playmakers, and then your young running backs can actually have those holes and be able to run. And we always talk about yards after contact, yards before contact, because that's a great way to weigh it. In those games when Texas got dominated, Texas was getting, what, like two inches? And that's not an exaggeration against TCU per play, per contact. It was like 0.2 yards or something like that. So when you look at those things, that's what's most important probably for Texas. I think for me, uh, outside of the offensive line, I agree with you, Rod. And that's a position I always track. But I'm, I want to see who rises. You know, I know they've got some guys dealing with injuries and some guys won't be a part of spring. But I want to see which of those young guys really rises. And it's Because not all these guys are going to be on the roster probably by the time you get to the fall. Probably not by the time you get to the summer mm-hmm. when the when the rest of the freshman class comes in. Uh, who's going to rise? Who's going to kind of make a stand that they're in this thing uh, as somebody who's going to compete for a spot, not just in the two deep, but compete for a spot to start? the D, on, on defense, for me, it's two positions. It's edge and really who's going to be the bookend opposite of Baron Sorrell and who's going to be that other off-ball linebacker next to Jalen Ford. Mm-hmm. Like and it's gonna be it's gonna be a young guy stepping up on on those edge spots. It's it's Justice Finkley or it's Jamon Tap or it's it might be Colton Vosick. I don't know. Uh, and at linebacker, it, it's Mo Blackwell or it's uh, it's Anthony Hill. Uh, maybe maybe David Bender takes a step forward. I don't know, but you know you feel really good about Sorrell and Ford being two of your kind of linchpin pieces on defense, but. Mm-hmm. You know, losing, say what you want about Ovi Gofu, he was at least a solid piece that you could count on. And then losing to Marvin Overshone, who's going to fill those two gaps? Because I, I feel I feel good. Again, we've talked about the Jalen Catalan factor. Like, if he's healthy, you yeah. might have improved your secondary. No question. Um, man, if you can fill those two spots, this is – I don't speak too soon about the defense, but, man, it's got the tools to be one of the best defenses in the Big 12 again. Yeah, I think – 
because I think the secondary is, you know, I think it's pretty locked up. Uh, no pun intended there. Uh, your linebacker, you got one of the best young linebackers uh, in the country in Jalen Ford, and then you got a prospect in Anthony Hill that, you know, yeah. is supposed to be a guy that can be an impact player sooner rather than later. And your interior D-line was the best in the country, arguably, last year. It sounds crazy to say that. But that's how deep it was in terms of rotation. And you got three or four of those guys coming back yeah. on the interior D-line. So I'm with you. The edges, that's the question. And that was a question last year, you know, going into last year because they were abysmal in Sark's first year uh, on the edge. But, you know, last year they were, I mean, it, it was not a liability last year. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it was a strength coming off the edge, but they were not a liability by any stretch. Because you got the, the production you got from Baron Sorrell completely changed the complexion mm-hmm. of that position. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I think that's really where your biggest question on defense is probably – are the edges going to assert themselves? Yeah, because yeah, you need somebody too. Because Agofu and Sorrell were the two, but and then you lose in Coburn. Those are your three highest guys in pressures. Last what time. I would love, Rod, as we close it out. What I would love is for Sark and the player personnel staff to get to the end of spring and say, "We don't need to go in the portal for linebacker or edge. With what we got, we're good." Yeah. That would be that would mean that you have some really good young players that's proven themselves. Exactly. So unless it's, young guys have stepped up. Unless you get just like something that just falls in your lap that's too good to turn down. Yeah. You don't. It's not a need. It would be a luxury to go into the portal at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there are sometimes, and we've seen it. Like nobody at the end of the basketball season last year would have thought Tyrese Hunter was going to want to enter the portal. But like nowadays, nobody would have saw Ad Mitchell. Like he's a guy that's got a TD pass in four consecutive playoff games and they won a national championship he's entering the portal like those things used to not happen but now you can have good players that are in situations that you think they wouldn't leave that just want to say come to Austin or want to come to a go to a different school so there could be a really good player that pops up but those things you can't predict Mm -hmm. gentlemen when we record next week's show it will be during the week spring practice starts we'll be on the verge of Pro day, it's for me, it's that time where baseball, basketball, and spring ball are all going to intersect. So I'll be busier than a one arm paper hanger, but it'll be. <laughs> It'll be such a great, great time. You guys, you guys like that one. I mean, think about it. I don't even it. know. Yeah, I don't even visual, know what it is. Yeah, I know paper. I don't even know what it is. If you're so a one arm paper hanger, you gonna be pretty busy. Oh, you're it's, one do anything. I just don't busy. know why paper was hung for anything. It's hard. It's hard to get ahead, man. <laughs> Are you talking about making paper? <laughs> hard to get ahead. That's funny. Uh, all right, but that's gonna do it for this week's show, Matt. Thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome, <laughs> Rod. Be appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, See, buddy. we started at laughing, we ended laughing. I like that. It's, it's, a, it's a good week. That's how life uh yes uh robbie thank you for the time and uh and everything else Anytime, that you do brother. uh you can get uh i forgot i've i was so wrapped up in laughing i forgot how to, how to <laughs> end the show how to do that how to end the show i forgot how to end the show for okay. matt for rod for everybody <laughs> at the, it the radio network and the horn 1049 1019 am twelve sixty streaming on the horn app and at hornfm.com where you can get Rod B each and every weekday. Oh, get laughs, info, and much more on uh, Ball Don't Lie with Mike Hards from 3 to 7. Plug. I keep wanting to say the Rodcast, and I'm not going to do it. Oh, One of these weeks, it. I'm going to slip. I said for five years now, something like that. I mentioned a radio station I didn't work at a decade ago. Yeah, and I, I was like, Matt, you telling me some info? Oh, yeah, that know? is a note. Uh, we aren't Longhorn Blitz will not be on the horn these three weeks just because of so much baseball. Oh, but all right. the things that, Je- that Jeff just mentioned. Good point. But thanks to Matt. Get all of our archives, our classic interviews and shows are available on the Longhorn Blitz. SoundCloud page. Yep, and download it by typing in Longhorn Blitz. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models. Like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. And if you need the podcast, since we won't be on terrestrial radio, anywhere you get your podcasts, 
Search Horns 24-7. That is Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button to get every episode of The Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast for the horn family for the horns 24 7 family i'm jeff howe thank you so much for downloading and listening and we will catch you again on the next episode You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.